The Burgerkrieg Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features the Syracuse, New York-based surf band, Underwater Bosses. Here's their song KGB Tsunami. It is the 15 Minutes of Fame. This is part of the uh, Burger Creek Productions. Uh, I guess it's a podcast. I don't know. I bring musicians on. We talk about nonsense. Um, and, and this episode will be no different. I have uh, Bob, Chris, and Greg from the Underwater Bosses, a Syracuse-based surf rock band, um, extremely talented musicians, ex-punkers. Um, welcome to the show, guys. It's excellent to have you guys on. Thank you. Hello. Now, can you can each of you go around um, and we'll do kind of kind of I guess of a holiday themed uh, put you on the spot type question to, before we get into this? Give me your favorite non animated Christmas movie um, and tell me give me one sentence as to why and whoever would like to start first can start first. It, it doesn't make a difference to me. I just want to hear your name. Actually, how about this? Your name, the instrument you play. And uh, and your favorite non-animated uh, Christmas movie? Uh, okay, hi, I'm Bob um, Breen. I play drums for Underwater Bosses, and uh, I would say my favorite non-animated, like maybe this counts, is uh, Gremlins. Yeah. I would say is probably my my favorite non-animated Christmas movie because um, you know there's it's got everything you want in it: action, uh, a little bit of uh, you know humor, some. Uh, you know, dark darkness in there, and uh, overall, just a good kids movie too. Oh yeah, excellent! Thank you very much. All right, next, next. Hey, I'm Chris Stewart. I'm the guitar player for Underwater Bosses, and I would say probably my non favorite non animated Christmas movie might be Christmas Vacation with uh, Chevy Chase. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Did you uh, did you have a cousin Eddie growing up? Did you have someone like that in your family? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Had a lot of friends like that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Hi, I'm Greg. I play bass for Underwater Bosses, and I would have to choose my favorite non-animated Christmas movie would definitely be Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. That's always been nice. uh, my favorite since I was a kid, and, uh, you know, that's it's a good one. Nice. Excellent. Well, thank you. Does that I, count as animated? Yeah. <laughs> was second. I mean, yeah, they're, they're puppets. Yeah, animatronics I mean, slash animated. puppets, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I first met you guys uh, at Frank and Alley Social Club at that luau, you'd mentioned, and I alluded to it when I was kind of giving your introduction, um, you're all retired punks, right? So, or, or rockers, however you want to categorize that. Now, I want to hear um, kind of from each of you, if you can, I guess when did when did rock and roll music really kind of uh, you know kick off before Underwater Bosses? 
um, I guess like origin stories for the for each of you. You can take as much or as little time as you want, but I want to hear really when uh, everyone says rock and roll changed my life, right? That's the, the kind of the staple answer, I feel like, with with musicians, spe- specifically rock musicians. So Bob, Chris, and Greg, I kind of want to hear that, that origin story, uh, if you can. Uh, okay, hi, uh, this is Bob. Uh, I guess for me, I would say it was probably hearing Metallica early on um, and wanting to, you know, I played drums in school. Uh, so I wanted to somehow translate that into into something along the lines of uh, what Metallica was doing. And then shortly after I came along, uh, after I heard that came along Nirvana and uh, the whole grunge scene. And so that kind of took over and that's right around the same time I met Chris and Greg and we started jamming together so we've been doing this for uh close to 30 years now and uh uh i guess we've tried just about every genre genre you could imagine uh metal punk uh well not not everyone you could imagine but uh, quite quite a few i guess yeah um and and we ended up landing on surf which is kind of really uh, like seems like a, a circle back to the beginning again right now, in uh, in particular, obviously you mentioned uh, you know you mentioned Metallica, you mentioned Nirvana in particular. Was it uh, were there any particular like records or like songs that really stood out? Like you know when you you heard it or you sat down, you listened to it, you got it on uh, cassette, you got you know you got the CD, you got the record, um, and you're just like wow, like I want to do that. Was it? Was there any 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 particular standout tracks or albums from from either uh, Metallica or, or Nirvana that really kind of sealed the deal for you? Uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, Orion for me for Metallica. No shit, um, that's fucking awesome. It kind of it was kind of the instrumental aspect. I was like, the first time I heard like an instrumental that kicked ass, and I was like, wow, you, you know, holy shit, you can do that without needing any vocals to get in the way. And uh, so that was kind of an eye opener for me. And and uh, you know. Cliff Burton is just an amazing writer, so that was that that just caught me right right off the bat. So that probably I would have to say Orion. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, th- and thank you for for talking a little bit. I know this is it's kind of one of those standard band interview questions, but I find it interesting. So that's kind of why I'm forcing each of you to to kind of walk walk that that same line. So thank you for for being graceful with that. Um, sure. So whoever would like to go next, next between, I believe, Chris and Greg are left, correct? Yeah. Hey, this is Chris. Um, yeah, I, in elementary school, I guess, I was into, like, Van Halen and Doc and, and Rat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, I guess the first real band, I guess, I really got into was Sex Pistols when I was just starting to skateboard and stuff. And the first, when I heard them, when I heard Steve Jones, I was like, all right, I definitely want to play guitar how did I get my guitar sounding like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from there I got into pretty much every punk band ever misfits, descendants, black flag, minor threat, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, somewhere right around that time, I think, you know, we got into shadowy men and shadowy planet when kids in the hall was out. Mm-hmm. Cause we were huge kids in the hall fans and started listening to Dick Dale way back then. And like, um, the merman and some other stuff. And I think back then surf did come in and we, we jammed, we had a surf band back then and we wrote a bunch of songs and laughed about it, you know, and then we kind of, it, it's always been there throughout the years, no matter if we got into metal or prog rock or 
math rock or all the different bands we've had we've always came back together and did surf in different projects at times until we kind of felt like hey this is fun let's do this uh full-time makes sense is surf rock timeless and that's an open-ended question for the three of you is surf rock timeless i think it is um you know it, it in one sense it kind of always sounds the same really no matter what you hear but it, it's always awesome and it's something that i never get sick of and if it sounds old school if it sounds like you know back in the d- days of dick dale and the ventures and the old bands it sounds awesome if it's newer stuff like man or astro man it sounds awesome so it's like i think it's uh in that sense it's timeless cool Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to m- meander a little bit, um, Greg. That leaves uh, that leaves you as as far as your uh, your little origin story for uh, for rock and roll. Yes. Um, well, as as every uh, young kid wants to be a you know a great rock star when they grow up, I think uh, mine started with uh, listening to well records in in my parents' house. My my father and my uncle had, you know, about a thousand records and they were constantly listening to all the classics. Um, the who was probably the most played, you know, albums in the house at the time. So I was constantly jumping off the couch, pretending to be Pete Townsend, um, early on. And, uh, I think it goes, it goes back to that. And then until obviously like, you know, the teenage years, I actually, you know, started to get into, um, punk and I was going down to see Chris, actually play in his uh punk rock band called the disgustings and uh they were playing in like basement shows and whatnot and that totally blew me away and kind of put me on this you know this path to where i wanted to do it and then you know later chris and bob were both playing together and you know they actually kind of brought me into the circle and uh and let me join their band eventually so i it was uh it came full circle it's pretty cool here's i guess a better question uh for the three of you and i i asked well from the jagaloons the same question does anyone in the underwater bosses actually know how to surf? No way. No. <laughs> no. Who who we, would be most likely see. to learn out of the crew? I think Greg would be most likely to learn. I I don't I disagree. I'm gonna have to say Chris <laughs> is the best skater, always has been, but Bob is uh very agile and uh he was actually a really good rollerblader, so he has awesome balance. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking I, I'd probably pick Chris though, because he's such a good skateboarder. Uh I think he could succeed, but uh, who knows? We could all get out there and just suck. <laughs> Let's all go on the same surfboard. You know, I was, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about that. Like, I would definitely, I would vouch for trying the the triple, uh, the triple surfboard first, just because you know, if you if you guys fuck that up, then at least the people watching on the shore will probably have much more of a a, a, a better viewing experience uh, than if each one of you go out there individually. So I I would opt for uh, I would definitely opt for the the triple that that triple kill there. That would be fantastic. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No. Just as long as we get that album shot at that one yeah. second that we we're kind of <laughs> up in the air. You know? At least it's a great photo. Of it, yes, you know? yes. You guys are not only from like the Syracuse area, but you're also active in, in you have contacts in Binghamton. Is that correct? Um, well, we have contacts there. We're all actually originally you're... from Ogdensburg, New York. Okay. Now, so. It, go ahead. No, I was going to say. So now, are are the three of you uh, essentially? located out of like located out of the Syracuse region or the greater Syracuse area. Cause it's a huge area. Yeah, now we are We're we all, well, uh, Chris and Bob, we all kind of moved down here years ago and then, uh, Chris and Bob stayed and I bounced around, but, uh, they're, they're on the other, the, 
the west side of uh, Syracuse and I'm on the north side of Syracuse. So, okay. Now, in your mind, um, because I know that you know we had mentioned too, it's like I grew up, I grew up in Chittenango, like Canastota area. But when I tell people, it's like, oh, where'd you grow up? It's like I'm from Syracuse, right? It's just easier to say that, and people can. It's something that people can be like, oh, the basketball team, right? It's just easier. Yeah. It, it helps yeah. kind of you know lubricate the conversation. Now, in your in the three of yours mind, uh, specifically because you've been active in music, and you know we'll call it the scene at large for so long. What is the most Syracuse thing a band from Syracuse can either say or do? Hmm. It's a weird question. It's a weird question, I know. For me, for a band thing, I would think uh, play at Coleman's is, 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 a, is a thing to do if you're from, if you're from Syracuse. Uh, I guess that, 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 would, that comes to mind. It's hard. Uh, I think, you know, the the most popular venue here, you know, that's been here for years would be the Lost Horizon. Every every major band has played there. So, I mean, if you if you can't play the Lost and, you know, you you can't make it, you're not going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't make it. Yeah, we haven't made it. We we have in other bands, but not this one. So That's too funny. Now, uh, aside from. Aside from being, you know, a surf band that's located in, you know, predominantly a landlocked uh, city, with the exception of Onondaga Lake, um, what do you think is one of the hardest things that each of you have to have had to have adapted to, both in a band and separately as as just a musician? Was one of the hardest things you've had to adapt to about, um, you know, operating in that capacity in Syracuse? I mean, surf in general is kind of like <clears throat> it's easier, but then it's it's kind of harder. It seems at the same time. Like we we came from like math rock, prog rock stuff that was crazy time changes, like a, a stressful kind of like when you play a song. Like, are you gonna mess up? Hopefully not, you know, because the train's going. And uh, you know, if if so, any little thing gets missed, it gets crazy. So it's like surf's like way laid back in one sense, but then it's kind of down to the basic building blocks of rhythm and timing and tempo. So and that level it's kind of like that's another area that's kind of easy to get off i guess so i don't know it's more relaxed but it's kind of more stressful i guess at the same time hmm. interesting um in the, for me i would say in the syracuse area um throughout the years it's been hard finding venues um that cater to the uh original music it seems like um the it, hit or miss seems like it's kind of coming back around but with covid here it's it's hard to know where it's going to end up but uh for a little while it seemed very hard for any original music or bands to, to actually get get gigs of any um you know substantial size because the venues seem to lock everybody out unless you know you can guarantee a certain you know crowd size and all, all that different stuff and it ended up coming down to like a lot of the local bands being locked out of certain venues in a, in a way mm-hmm. and that's kind of a shame yeah, I guess it's kind of a shame that's like a that's like a good thing because you know when you say you're a surf band i think everybody has some sort of picture in their head of what that means you know so you know if you're, if you're a prog rock math rock kind of band and you're trying to get gigs and people say what do you sound like it's kind of hard to describe that and have people get oh yeah i know what that sounds like you know mm-hmm. so everybody kind of oh yeah i know what surf music is yeah do you do you find yourselves you know um you know kind of getting uh or jumping on like mixed 
bill uh, shows to where, yes, you're you're playing with a punk band, maybe you're playing with a metal band, maybe you're playing with, uh, you know, whatever, a hardcore band, and you're kind of the sole um, surf band. Do you find yourselves trying to book shows that are a little bit more strict to, all right, we all kind of have the, the common thread of, you know, we all, you know, we're, this is a surf show. Cause I know there's, there was that show, at, uh, uh, mousetrap that, that didn't end up happening. Correct. Or it started and then it was shut down. Um, but, th- but that was a mixed, that was a mixed bill, right? Yes. That was a punk rock show. But, um, when we see, we, we play everything. We'll, we'll go, we can go play a punk rock show and we go play, we get asked to play a lot of indie rock shows, but it, it kind of all blends, you know? Um, I think variety really keeps people interested. It's not the same thing for, you know, whatever, four hours, three hours. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely, it's, it's throwing something new at people, you know? Uh, I think that they always seem to be interested when we play and whatnot, but, um, we've recently, you know, we did that punk rock show, um, and it was awesome. We just play our fast stuff. You know, we play the faster and heavier stuff and everybody there was digging it, you know, basically, you know, punk rock came from surf. Mm-hmm. So I think they, they kind of understood, you know, on, on that level. So being from central New York, I, I feel like we're all spoiled when it comes to good pizza places. I firmly believe. Oh that. yeah. And, Agreed. and I totally miss a, a number of places. Um, D'Agostino's in particular, which is no longer around. They were on Tipperary Hill. Um, they were fantastic. But I'm wondering for each of you, where where are your what is your go to pizza place? If someone's either f- coming in from out of town, and you're like, yo, we got uh, uh, we've had a couple beers, whatever. I'm ordering out. You got to try this pizza. It's dank. Where where are the three of you ordering out from? Uh, this is Bob. I'm I would say probably Toss and Fire. I go with the. Uh the cheeky monkey uh inspired pizza they have there it's really good is that the detroit style crust yeah it's the thicker crust detroit style it's 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 great do they are they the ones that are responsible for that like dill pickle pizza uh potentially they do have one there that's that everybody raves about that i i don't get that one but i i know a lot of people like it they have they have the truck at the fair right uh yes okay okay yep definitely definitely the same one anyway um insane idea their menu is crazy i'm i'm sure they have a a larger menu at the actual like hq or whatever their like location but just amazing amazing pizza so okay so that is your uh that's your go-to pizza place excellent thank you this is chris uh mine would be if if someone from out of town was in i would take them and get a pizza from wildcat and camels it's just a sports bar that i just happen to like so that's like my current favorite around the area Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is Greg and I, it depends on where we are now for, for downtown and we're, uh, playing a show and we're drinking, we're going to go to Nick's tomato pie right downtown of course. in in Armory square. Um, but, uh, if we're up by my house, my, my favorites, either Sapori or, um, Nick's on Thompson road has awesome, just New York style pizza, massive slices. And you just can't go wrong with that. For each of you, how, what is your elevator pitch? How would you go about describing something that is as unique, amazing, and full of fatty-ass fried foods? How would you explain the State Fair to somebody who has no idea what that is? You know, when I try to get my parents to come down for it, I'm like, it's kind of like the Ogdensburg Fair, but like 100 times bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
That's it. That's all I got. It's my pitch. Do they? But the food is amazing. Is that so is much it, good food? Is that a field days up in Ogdensburg? Is it a field days or is it a fair? It's like the Seaway Festival. Is that is that what it's called? Yeah, the Ogdensburg yeah. International Seaway Festival. It's been going for like fifty some years. International. 50, yeah, it's been it's been going for a long time. They bring a lot of Canadians in because it's right on the border right. of Canada on the St. Lawrence River. So yeah, it used to be pretty big back in the day. We're trying to get the surfers from Montreal, uh, the Montreal St. Lawrence Rapids down, but we haven't been successful yet. No, they haven't been down yet. <laughs> uh, I like the bit about the food, though. I think that's the that's the thing I think most people can get behind, but they still, like, I, I've had that conversation with people where it's like, you try and explain what it is, and it's like, you just go and walk around and eat food. Like, that's basically what you do. Right. And yeah, there's rides and games and stuff like that. And there's music. But like, I just feel like it's always better to try and appeal to people's stomachs and just be like, there are crazy food trucks. And, you know, you got to get your chocolate milk from the Rainbow Milk Bar. You know, like there's just certain things you have to do. So it's always interesting to hear um, how individuals attempt to, to kind of pitch that to people. Um Greg, did you did you have anything you want to share about the uh, about the New York State Fair? I, I can't remember who has not mentioned anything about that yet. Um, well, if, if we're going to talk food, I mean, obviously the deep fried Oreos or deep fried Twinkies are a must. Mm -hmm. Um, if you've never had those, they're absolutely amazing and, uh, really bad for you, but they're so good, you know? So there's that. And then they have some pretty good bands that come in, uh, mm -hmm. to the state fair and you catch them. Like I saw the beach boys there, you know? So that was, that was cool. Oh yeah. Buckethead, we saw Buckethead. I saw Buckethead there. Where else can you go to, you know, get a speedy, <laughs> see Buckethead, and um, watch a, a calf be born all in the same day? You know? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> That's insane. I feel like you should probably write a letter to Buckethead and just be like, "Hey, I wanted to thank you for this experience that I had. I not only was able to consume, you know, uh, fantastic regional food, um, witness your, yourself, uh, but also see the birth of a calf." You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is, what, what is more central New York <laughs> than that? I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he, and he does a nunchuck show and gives out gifts. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, you know, was he, was he by himself or did he have a band? Did he have a backing band behind him? It no, was just, just him. him. It was just <laughs> him and his little pedal, his kill switch on his guitar. That was just it. Yep. yep, and then uh, like some sort of a boombox or something playing drums or you know backing beat to play along with, but yeah, just killing it, you know. Was he doing like whatever it is, the fucking Kugel Clocks from Hell, like crazy blast beat shit, or was it like? I'm just I'm trying to wonder because when I think of Buckethead, I think of like when he was playing with Claypool and it was like Claypool's bucket of, bucket of burning brains that side project. Yeah. I think of that capacity like okay he's fit to play well he's fit to do whatever the fuck he wants because he's a crazy guitarist but like i'm trying to envision what him on stage would be like it's not well, he has you know what i'm saying yeah he he has a, quite a few solo albums so he plays something from every album pretty much so he'll play the crazy mellow you know kind of psychedelic stuff and then he'll play the full-on you know metal with the blast beats and whatnot and then it can just be into something super noisy and experimental like he's all over the place and then he busts out the nunchucks you know it's like so it can go anywhere he even plays bass like he'll do a you know a section where he's playing bass on songs so it's all over the place it's awesome 
Nunchuck show. See, I didn't know that that was part of his part of his live experience. Um, oh yeah, and he keeps the, he's able to maintain the the mask and the the bucket on his head during that throughout the course of that demonstration. His head is mounted. It doesn't move, man. It, it, just, <laughs> it, just, it just looks straightforward. It doesn't move. It's, so. oh, that's amazing. Uh, now, for for those uh, individuals who maybe have not checked out your music, um, just kind of give me your socials. Where can where can people uh, you know kind of find you? Uh, where's the best place for for people to to check you out and follow you and all that great stuff? Uh, probably Facebook is the most up to date. Our Facebook page, uh, underwater bosses on Facebook and our website also underwaterbosses.com. Um, also, you know, you can buy merch and buy our records there and stuff like that. They usually will link you along to Bandcamp or something like that, but, uh, that's probably the quickest way to find out what we're doing. Cool. And is there any, um, before we kind of segue into, into my last little segment here, um, any any news uh, aside from because um, I do want to talk about uh, the night divides the ride here in a moment, um, but aside from that, is, are there any big plans for twenty twenty two coming up um, that you want to let people know about, or is it still just kind of like go and follow our socials? We'll update you accordingly. <laughs> you know, like this need to know um, basis. Do we want to give away secrets? Sure. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Tell them what's going on. We're working on. Like I guess it's at this point it's got up to an EP might get more but uh of Devo covers um with what? Uh, a partner with a, a friend of ours from Vermont that's in the band uh, the brand new Luddites Christian von Malware um singing and doing pianos and other things um so we have at this point six songs um we have half of them recorded we're doing the rest of them and uh so that's something that we're hoping to get out uh, relatively sooner this year. Cool. Now, I, I, I mentioned this in passing, and I don't think that I don't think wealth recognized the importance of this. But I believe that Sharwaji Records has inadvertently created a Bermuda Triangle of surf music, but just uh, the Bermuda Triangle in this Northeast. And hear me out on this. You have the brand new Luddites. Now, they are part of Sharwaji as, as well, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. You have brand new Luddites in Vermont. You have the Jagaloons in Albany. And you have the underwater bosses in Syracuse. Now, I am not fucking Pythagoras, right? I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty fucking sure that that is a goddamn triangle, right? Right. Now, it is. Now, how, okay, is there a secret network? Like, how do you, how do the, how do surf fans communicate with one another? That's my, that is my first question for you because. It, not only is it so niche, but like I love, I love the fact that like, mind you, brand new Luddites, uh, Wealth had actually kind of they, he put them on my radar. Crazy band, like brilliant, truly, truly talented, and obviously all you guys are. But like, I'm wondering what it is about like, I don't know. It just blows my mind. You would think surf, you would think California, Florida, you know, like. We're in upstate, you know, upstate New York. Like, it's just, how do you guys communicate with one another? Is there, do you guys have a red phone in your practice space to where you can call one another? Sort of. Um, well, actually, the it, the brand new Luddites and the Tsunami bots are out of Burlington. So the Tsunami oh. bots are, they're, they're the two guys from, uh, you know, the brand new Luddites. But they do both bands and they pretty much battle it out when they play together. So, um, but they're they're also a surf, uh, surf band that's on Sharawaji. 
So, uh, but basically what happened was, uh, I started finding these, uh, surf rock pants and I started just like hunting them down like a, like a bounty hunter, kind of like a surf rock bounty hunter. And <laughs> I, I was just nagging them. I was bugging them. I'm like, Hey, come and play at our, you know, tiny pub up in Ogdensburg, New York. Um, so when I was booking shows up there and then, uh, you know, we, we built up the network and hooked up with Michael at Sharawaji and it's, it's been awesome. There's, there's such an awesome surf community where everybody really wants to help each other out. And, uh, We've been pretty lucky to to play with a lot of cool bands. So, That's Jagaloons awesome. are one of them. I mean, they're kind of dicks, but they're, they're cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's they always ruin the party. Yeah, yeah. they do they ruin don't. the party. They do ruin the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now, again, I I do want to I do want to talk about uh you know the new album, and I want to talk to you a little bit about a, a couple of the songs in there, but. I, I was I was out of sheer morbid curiosity. Um, you guys do a fantastic kind of tribute to uh, the Legend of Zelda, and I'm wondering whose brainchild was that? Which which one of you is a fucking nerd? Because I love it. So, but I'm just wondering, like, who came up with that idea to translate that? I would definitely be the nerd. This is Chris. Hell yeah! Um, I'm a huge gamer, and uh, that song I just always had that in my head. I'm like, man, we should do a surf song on this. It's like basically a total surf song, and then it busts into like a monster surf rock kind of metal part. So um, it was kind of on my list for a while. That's awesome. So we eventually did it. <laughs> now, did you have to do any licensing for that? Like, was there anything additional that you had to do, or was it just like, nope, we're recording the cover? And because I know, I think on Bandcamp it it, it lists like. It, not the copyright, but it's like, you know, this is essentially we were influenced by X, Y, and Z. I can't remember what the verbiage is, but did you have to go through anything like that to release it? Because it's a, essentially, what, a secret track? It's like the last track on Aqua La Vista, if, if you're listening to, um, the is it the CD version or is it just on Bandcamp? Because I know on the record it doesn't have that on there, but I think if you look on Bandcamp, it actually lists it on that. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, so we recorded it when we did Aqua La Vista, and uh, but we for some reason we didn't release it, um, and then we decided that let's put it out as a single. But it is on the Aqua vinyl um, that release, um, so it's kind of like a bonus track on the vinyl, and it's a separate single, a digital single mm. out there. And yeah, we did have to get licensing, um, copyright licensing or whatever. Um, we worked with Michael and Sharawaji, and uh, he kind of tracked down, you know how do you get the the rights to that and i think it was something where it was so old um you know i don't think it was like a lot of money but it was it was a little bit took him a little bit to track it down i think but cool. it ended up working out i wanted to i want to specifically spend a little bit of time uh talking about the night divides the ride um it's available for purchase now on cd um, which you can do so via Bandcamp, and there's also a pre-order for the vinyl pressing as well um now the the one thing I find very fascinating about um, y- you come up with some really excellent names for songs, right? Uh, <laughs> Dirk Dagger, Beach Moles, and Salmon's Lot. Now, is there a specific? Is there? How does this responsibility fall on the band as far as naming tracks? Do you just do you come up with riffs and then the the names kind of follow in afterwards? Because you know, predominantly or all instrumental tracks. I'm wondering what the thought process is for attempting to put a title on something like that. What is that process like for you guys? Well, it's kind of like we're, we're 
we're uh, pretty much smart asses 24 seven. So we're, we're constantly just making up names and uh, kind of picking fun at stuff. Uh, you know, I hate to say it that way, but we really are. And, uh, you know, we just, we, we always, you know, the songs come and then later on, whatever names we have floating around that we kind of, uh, you know, come up with, they, they just get stuck to it. Like Salmon's Lot was, uh, I was at, we were at a friend's camp and we were all tripping on acid, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, my friend went to say, uh, you know, uh, Salem's Lot and he said, salmon's lot and that's how it came about you know so and and it stuck with me and i had to use it so that's that's you know that's how it came oh, yeah. sometimes we have song titles um well before we actually write the song you know um there's a song in the album called ride baby that we had had that name kicking out man we gotta do a song called ride baby until eventually we had riffs and hey this sounds like ride baby yeah cool all right that's it you know <laughs> this sounds like ride baby like, I love the idea of, of being like, I know that I want a song to be called this, but I don't have anything of what I envision the song is going to be like. You know, like, it's just, th that is, that's great. Because, like, think of it, I mean, you, we, you've been in bands before, I'm, I'm assuming, where it's like, all right, well, I have lyrics, but I have no riff, right? In this case, it's almost the exact opposite of that. I have a song name. But I got nothing else, you know, behind that. Like, it's just that to me is is fascinating. And I like the fact that you guys are smart asses. I think I yeah. think I think <laughs> I think you almost have to if you're in a surf band, like you kind of have to be right. Like and that's yeah. nothing against surf bands. It's just like, you know, it's like we're, you know, kind of mentioned before you're a surf band out of Syracuse. What's the tallest the waves you think ever gotten on Adaga Lake? Right. A, a yeah. foot and a half. I mean, Christ, like, let's yeah. be real here. Right. Um, behind the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So uh, now I guess a better question. Have either have the three of you either either ever eaten a fish out of Onondaga Lake to the best of your knowledge? I know I haven't. I have not. No, I have not. No, kind of kind of risky a lot of mercury in there i know they've done cleanup but uh i don't think i chance it um you know we've eaten a lot of fish out of the st lawrence over the years uh the st lawrence river up mm -hmm. north but uh yeah i don't think i'd risk uh on a dog just yet maybe in another two thousand years <laughs> we have a song on aqua la vista about the dangers of uh you know polluted water called bass hat about a, a guy who you know gets mutated into a half man half fish creature so we're on top of this stuff it's you know, any anywhere that has a warning saying you can eat fish out of this lake, but you can only eat two a year. I think yeah. probably it, you can pass on that one. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and guess that, but I uh, I don't know. Are you uh are you guys big like are you guys big outdoors people or are you like I like to because you're from because when I think like Ogdensburg area. I think of, you know, obviously like Potsdam and, and a lot of the camps that exist up there, like along the border and stuff. Are you guys outdoors people or, or not? Probably river people. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all about the water. Um, that was pretty much what all we had to do up there in the summertime and stuff like that. So I guess, yeah, in the sense of uh, I'm all about being on the water and swimming as much as possible in the summertime things like that but uh, camping a little bit uh that's probably about the extent of my outdoorsiness not as much as we'd like to be we're we're, we're just we feel like we're old and we're afraid to go outside and bear the elements now you know <laughs> brave them it's it's too hard these days 
you enjoy the the creature comforts that come along with you know uh central new york living and um you know not eating fish out of onondaga lake right just continuing to maintain you know existence at this at this at this juncture absolutely so i don't know if there's if there's anything else that you guys want to you know if you if there's anything else you guys want to plug or share if i miss anything but that's that's pretty much all i got on my end pretty goofy dumb laid back pretty simple um but that's all I got, you know, for questions and kind of framing things. I think what I'm going to end up doing is I'm probably going to end up playing. Um, I'm going to drop in uh, Salmon, Salmon's Lot just because, um, you know, tripping on acid and having one of your buddies mispronounce something. that. Wait, did you guys, like, get hung up on that after that, by the way? Because I know, like, um, the hive mentality of when, like, everyone's tripping and it's like someone does something or, like, you see something and then people just, like, glom onto it, you know? Well, in that situation, it was it was short lived, but I, I ended up remembering it like three days later. And I was like, how did I remember it? But I kept it with me, you know, so and, and then I and then I called him and told him, you know, and then we just it's it's stuck. And then it lasted years later. Unfortunately, we got to use it. So, you know, did he remember? Like when you called him up and you were like, yo, Sam, Salmon's lot. And he's like, dude, I'm at fucking work right now. What do you want? Like, did he know what you were talking? <laughs> did he know what you were talking about? No, oh, yeah. We were di- we were dying laughing when uh, when I re- remembered, you know, when we both called, you know, got it back together. So, yeah, it was it was good. How- it was good. We knew it, we know we knew it was gold from the get go. So, you know, we had to we had to keep it in in what context was. Sam, I'm not even fucking saying it right. In what context was Salem's Lot being brought up in the middle of an acid trip? Well, we were probably watching horror films up at camp. That was something we did, and we were just discussing different, you know, whatever horror movies or even the book, something along the lines of that. And he was trying to say it, and he just couldn't say it, and ended up, you know, becoming Salmon's Lot. He might have had it for lunch, you know. I don't know. It might (laughs) have. Could have been any any of that, but more than likely, we're all we all like horror and sci-fi. So, oh yeah, you guys were watching Salem's Lot, and he was just totally miffed by David's soul, his presence on screen, and was like, "Dude, I don't, I don't know why this is distracting me, but you know, I watched a lot no, of fucking Starsky and Hutch before I came on this trip here, and now we're watching Salem's Lot. Fucking got, yeah. got me all feeling a sort sort of way." Um, <laughs> It's fascinating. Oh, it is. And I'm hungry. I wish I had some salmon. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have them in Onondaga Lake, I'm pretty sure. No. No. Oh. Right now we're on a, a Christmas compilation and we actually recorded the Gremlins theme song. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so that's that's going to be on uh, Mark Malibu presents Surfing Kitty Christmas 2 um compilation which you can find on Bandcamp. Oh yeah. Are they doing, are there physical, is there a physical release for it? Like, is it, is it going to be uh, like press record or is it a CD or is it just kind of the doing the streaming thing? They have uh, CDs right now. He's selling them and all the money goes to um, uh, a cat refuge, a kitty refuge down in the Bahamas where they're, they're trying to, you know, rescue all these cats that were, uh, that lost their homes because of the hurricane. So nice. another storm. So all that money goes towards that. So. And what's uh, can you plug that page again, uh, where people can can check that out and pick up a pick up a copy of the CD and donate to uh, you know buy it on behalf of a good cause? What is the name of that uh, that page again, or that uh, yeah Bandcamp page? Yep, it's uh, at Bandcamp. It's going to be Mark Malibu presents uh, Serpent 
Kitty Christmas 2. And uh, it's a, it's a CD compilation or, or for streaming, uh, digital downloads. Oh, yeah. All and right. there's Kitty Christmas 1, too, from last year, which he also did. So we're, we're on both albums. Nice. So. Did you, yep. uh, did you, so you did the Gremlins theme this year. What did you do something different last year? Was it, uh, I'm, I'm guessing another like Christmas based, uh, song. Yep. We did, uh, God, uh, God rest ye gnarly gentlemen. Nice. Um, so we, we surfed <laughs> up, you know, that, that old Christmas, uh, classic and, uh, you can find that on there or on YouTube. You can, uh, find an actual video that we made for, uh, the 95 X Christmas show, nice. um, the radio station here in Syracuse too. Uh, hell yeah. Shout out to Scott Dixon, that yeah, wonderful Scott. human being. Um, yes. I feel like anytime you add, uh, any sort of, well, like a whammy bar, it automatically goes from Mary to gnarly. So I think you made the right choice there by God rest ye gnarly gentlemen. I think that's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, whammy bar and reverb. That's all. We we, exactly, Surf. exactly. Automatic gnarl, right? Like just <laughs> fucking instant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally.